Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today you'll hear an uplifting message from our pastor, Robert Madu. Our hope is that you would not only feel inspired, but that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. Today, uh, we're going to read out of Genesis 2, 2 through 3. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. The Savior, the God of the universe, rested. The Savior who in Isaiah 40, 28, it says he never grew tired or weary. He never grows tired or weary. And yet the Savior, he rested. In Exodus 20, we're going to look at the Ten Commandments. When's the last time you actually read or heard a preacher preach on the Ten Commandments? I just want to see a hand. There's like no hands. Great. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, that's great. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. Do not worship false gods. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your father and mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not covet. Okay, so um, how many of you, I have a question, how many of you plan today to actually um, steal something. You wanna raise your hand? Maybe don't raise your hand, that's kinda awkward, right? You plan on stealing anybody? What about um, committing adultery? It's a little weird, right? It's kinda awkward. (laughs) All right, cool. Um, What about lying? Do you plan on lying? Anyone plan on lying? No, it's like we, we don't do those things, right? It's like weird that I'm asking. Y'all feel weird? I feel like y'all feel weird, but it's fine. Everyone just breathe. Calm down. It's going to be fine, okay? So my question to you is if all of those things that I just named are like a huge no-no, right? Where we don't even know what's happening and why I'm even asking these questions. Well, I want to zone in on the number four, the fourth commandment. Keep the Sabbath day holy. So this is actually a part of the Ten Commandments that God spoke, and then he put it on two tablets, right? He put it on the tablets for us to literally keep as his commandments, a God in life. And yet, really, it's non-commandments because we really don't really implement the Sabbath in our lives. Can you all agree to that? How many of you, question, actually honor the Sabbath and do it every six days, or do it once a week. I'm just curious. You're not gonna get in trouble, it's fun. Anyone? I see a hand. Yes, queen, I see you, honey. Where else, anyone else? Oh, this is so good, I'm so excited. Okay, this is amazing. So, I love this because this is why the Lord has me on this stage today. A lot of people view, the Sabbath as unnecessary, um, almost like a religious thing, right? Um, but here's, here's the beauty of the Sabbath. In the Bible, it says in verse eight, to remember to observe 
the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and your daughters, your male and your female servants, your livestock. I mean, that's Chubby Bunny and Theo. That's my rabbit and like my dog. So like not even they they can do work. I mean, this is crazy, right? We can't really wrap our minds around this. And any foreigners living among, among you, for in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. And that is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. But on the seventh day, he rested. And that is why the Lord blessed. I'm going to say it one more time so you can really let it sit in. On the seventh day, he rested, and that is why the Lord blessed. When you rest, you will be blessed. I don't even mean for that to rhyme, y'all, but it did. Thank you, Jesus. When you rest, when you make the decision to rest, it's in the word. You will be blessed. Wow. Our obedience to rest actually activates God's blessing. Every single year, we have this thing in our family where we kick off the year with a word that we feel like God has given us. This year for me was to be a carrier of peace. It's easy to be a carrier of peace whenever I'm on stage at Social Dallas, whenever I'm coming in to all the volunteers, and I'm like, hey, everybody, how you doing? It's really easy for me to post on Instagram that I am a carrier of peace. On my stories, of course, I'm not going to post me screaming at my kids, right? I'm going to post all the good things. But the Spirit of God began to deal with me, and he said, do you carry peace when you're folding your laundry at home for your children to see? When your husband, when, when, when no, um, no one from the outside world is watching, how do you carry yourself? Do you carry the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience? Honestly, not really. I felt like I was losing my mind. I felt like I was going crazy. If they fought one more time, if they scream, if I have to fold one more towel, I'm literally going to lose it. But what's crazy is that I was, the Holy Spirit just, like, just, just highlighted it for me. Your lack of peace behind closed doors is directly connected to your lack of rest. And so today, I want to take you on my own personal journey of what God has given me over the past, what month are we in? May, what is that, five months, four months? He's been giving me these little snippets and rhythms of how to rest. And that's actually the title of my message today, Rhythms of Rest. Rhythms of Rest. Rest on us, Holy Spirit. Rhythms of Rest. 
Today I get the honor to kick off the new series, The Rest of Your Life. Isn't that beautiful? I wish I could take credit, but Robert said that, so like, it is what it is. Like, it's fine. But my title, like, I did that, so like, are y'all proud, you know? Rhythms of Rest, yes, okay. So, Rhythms of Rest, the rest of your life. You know, here, we just established that we're a church like five weeks ago. This is insane. Do you see what's happening? This is revival. Can we all agree on that? This is a revival. We're in the middle of revival. And I love it because... Um, on the front end, we're building the foundation and we're establishing who we are as a church from the beginning. So today, we're giving each single mom $1,000. Like what? Like Ro- Pastor Robert said, we don't even know. We didn't even know how many single moms were coming for. We were like, you know what? We're going to be a house that operates in generosity. And we believe that God's going to provide. Well, this is why I'm so excited about this new series. It's because we're going to establish on the front end that we are a house that operates from a place of arrest, not strive. We're not striving to keep up with all what everyone else is doing in the world. We're gonna be so connected to the vine. We're gonna be so connected to the spirit of God that he's gonna order every single footstep. And we're gonna go forth, taking territory in peace, not strive, not worry, not trying to keep up, not trying to post enough to be cool enough, not trying to do what everyone else is doing. We are so connected to the Spirit of God that He will influence us. And as for us in this house, we will operate from a place of rest. One way that I spell rest, or one way that helps me to be a carrier of peace, um, it's, Pastor Robert hates this, but trips to Target, okay? Where are my ladies at that love a Target trip? I mean, right? We love Target. I see you in the green. You love Target, girl. Yes, honey. I love Target. I love Target. Target is like therapy for me. When I go in, I mean, what place can you go on the planet where you can go and get some socks, and then you go over and get Cinnamon Toast Crunch, then you go get some workout gear, and then you get fertilizer for your yard, and then you get Q-tips. I mean, it's just like Incredible, right? So it's therapy. Every I get a buggy. Sometimes I get two. I'll literally push one and pull one. And I am just living my best life. But here's the reality. Whenever I became a mom, Target trips changed. Can we, mm-hmm, you know, the moms, you feel me? So Target doesn't look the same when I take my kids to Target. So now Target is therapy. Yes, it was therapy. Now it's kind of like it's trauma. So it was like from therapy to like trauma. So, but here, this is the crazy thing about parenting is that we always like in our heads create these amazing, like life-changing family in the moment um, moments. Like we think in my head, like we're gonna have a family day, okay? Mommy's gonna pick you up from school and we're gonna like go to Target and it's gonna be the best and you're gonna literally be so happy and so excited and we're gonna live our best lives and you're gonna literally think I'm the best mom in the world and when you grow older, you're gonna remember this and you're gonna tell everyone how awesome I am and it's gonna be incredible, right? And so I always think that up in my head and then all of a sudden it's like put into action and it's literally a disaster, right? So, this happened to me recently. I picked up Bubs and Rim from school. And I'm like, we're going to Target. Are y'all excited? So we go to Target. Everything's actually, honestly, unbelievable. It's amazing. 
So they're happy, I'm happy, I'm getting all the toys, the buggy's getting full, I'm getting clothes for them. You know, everything is specifically for them, right? God forbid I get anything for myself or try to even shop for myself, you know? So we are, we are about to check out. They've been in the best mood. Well, now I, I need a kitchen rug, okay? So I'm going by the, the rug aisle and I'll stop one second for one, literally one second to just get this rug, okay, for myself. Um, so I stop, I tell them, don't get out of the buggy. I walk down till about right here. And all of a sudden I'm looking, trying to figure it out. And then bam, Remy is like right here. Okay. My youngest. Hey mommy. Hi Remy. You're supposed to be in the buggy. I know mommy, but I just wanted to give you a hug. Oh, Remy. How do you, you know, right? How do you like not give her a hug? Right? So I'm like, okay, baby, give me a hug. Okay, cool. So then I go back to the buggy. Well, I'm getting the kitchen mat within seconds. I hear this slam and I hear <sighs> screaming, literally traumatizing. I look over, Remy, my three-year-old, has literally fallen fat, uh, face, she face planted into the target buggy and concrete, not really sure how exactly that happened. Um, and within, I can't even explain to you how quickly, within seconds, her face is blown up. There's no creases in her face, both eyes, black, blue. Um, three teeth are chipped, okay? Her top lip is completely disconnected from her gum line, okay? This is crazy, sorry, this just got really weird, right? I'm like, but I'm just, I almost put a picture up, but Pastor Robert saved everybody. I'm just trying to really get you to feel this story, okay? Um, so literally, this is true. So literally, she's weeping. I start weeping. It is literally the most traumatizing moment of my life. Blood is coming down both nostrils, okay? I pick her up, there's blood all over me, and I have Bubba in this massive buggy that's full of everything. I'm literally at loss for words. I don't know what I'm gonna do. So all I know to do is leave the buggy, of course, pick up Remy, she's screaming, and then take Bubba and we're running to the car, okay? So I'm literally going and all of a sudden, Remy's crying, mommy, mommy. And I'm like, Bubba, you have to come on. You have to come on. You have to come on. And next thing I know, Bubba is running through Target screaming, my sister is ruined. Literally. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm not good in these moments. Then Remy literally starts crying, mommy, I'm ruined. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is so real. So I'm literally, I'm literally crying. I don't know what to do except go to the car. I put her in my lap and we literally drive home. I tell Robert, hey, I wanna let you know we may have to go to the ER. I don't even know what to do. I just have to get Bubba to you. We gotta figure this out. And it was honestly absolutely insane. So what's the point of that story? God speaks to me through my children, okay? Truly, every single thing that they do, God is speaking to me through them. And when I look back over the story, I was thinking about Remy and how innocent she was whenever she got out of the buggy to come to give me a hug. A hug wasn't a bad thing, but her a hug was actually a good thing. But she did a good thing, but it wasn't the right thing because it was actually disobedience. And so not all good things are God things. And when you do good things, 
that are not God things, that means that's disobedience. And as we are running to the car and Bubba begins to yell out, my sister's ruined. And Remy starts to repeat, my sister's, or I am ruined. I literally thought, in a moment of weariness, in a moment of unrest, she was hearing the voice of her brother that convinced her that she was ruined. Be careful, be cautious, be aware of the voices that you allow to speak into your life in moments of weariness, in moments of unrest. And I was holding her, Ram Ram, mommy's here, everything's gonna be okay, everything's gonna be okay, you're not ruined, you're not ruined, mommy's here. And then I began to think, that's how the Father sees us. I want, you, I want someone to hear this today, that even in Remy's disobedience, she was disobedient, absolutely. But what did I do? I was never once angry at her. All I wanted to do was pull her in close, hold her tight, and let her know how much I loved her, how everything was gonna be okay, and that mommy was here. And I don't know who I'm speaking to today. If this message is for no one else but myself, I'm preaching it to myself today. But I feel like God wants to speak to you today and tell you, you're, you're not ruined. You just need rest. You just need to be pulled in by the Father who loves you, who is for you, who is with you who goes before you. I don't know what your marriage looks like. I don't know what situation your situation looks like, but you're not too far gone. You're not ruined. You just need rest. Isn't that beautiful? In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it says, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. I wanted nothing more in that moment with Remy for her to understand how much I loved her and that I was gonna do whatever I could, even despite her dis disobedience, I was gonna make sure that she was taken care of. But here's, here's the tricky part about rest, is it's real cute to say, yeah, let's rest, right? Let's just rest, no big deal, let's just rest. But I'm, I'm learning that what the Holy Spirit spoke to me was that rest is actually directly connected to trust. So you can't rest unless you trust. So my Evie girl, my oldest, um, it's so sweet because she cannot go to bed without mommy right by her side, literally. Everywhere I go, um, she follows me, okay? When it's time for bed, still to this day, six years old, she cries because she wants mommy to sleep in the bed with her. And what's interesting is that she has the most incredible bed, an awesome bedroom, and yet she will decide to come and lay on the floor beside me just to be close to me. Evie's ability to rest is directly connected to my presence. The further away she gets from me, the more unsettled she becomes.
It's so sweet because at night I'll see her laying beside me. She doesn't know I see her. And I'll see her like 3 a.m. She'll kind of sit up and she'll look to just make sure mommy's there. She'll kind of feel on the bed to make sure mommy's there. And then she'll lay back down and she'll go to sleep because she's in my presence. So if someone else was in the bed, if it was someone else, it has nothing to do with the room or the environment. It has everything to do with me. And why is it me? Because she trusts me. Because she knows that I'm going to protect her. She knows that I'm going to shield her. She knows that I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that she's okay. And trusting is directly connected to relationship. Evie trusts me because we're in relationship. And I don't know who this is for, but I need you to know that God is trustworthy. God is so very trustworthy. But if you don't have a relationship with him, you'll always forever have a hard time trusting him. You see this right here? This is a, this is a Bible. It's a rule book. It's like a rule book. Like all the rules in our lives that we need to live by, it's, it's what we're supposed to do. It's not just a rule book, but it's a love story. Then that kind of sounds opposite, right? Rule book, love story. Your relationship with Jesus determines how you actually view and walk out this book. Right? Anyone could come and tell me something about my life, but I don't know you. I'm not going to listen to what you're saying. But if I'm in a relationship with someone and you come and give me advice and wisdom, I'll receive it because we have relationship. But here's the reality is that we determine our relationship with Jesus. He is here and he is available and he is willing. And yet it is up to us to determine how close we want to be to Jesus. He's not a God of force. He's a God that comes and he sits and he prepares a table so that all can come and sit and feast of this goodness, of this kindness, of this grace, of this salvation. But here's the reality is if you don't have relationship with him, then you always dismiss this book. You always dismiss him as this mean, controlling, angry savior with just a bunch of rules. And yet the rules or the love story, whatever you want to call it, are actually set in stone to save our lives. Rules keep us healthy. They bring order to chaos and they literally save our lives. So here we have the Ten Commandments and the fourth says keep the Sabbath. So why do we not keep the Sabbath? This isn't to, to beat anyone down. This is just something that literally I've been on the journey with trying to figure out what in the world, where did we lose the Sabbath? Clearly we know not to murder. Clearly we know not to steal. Clearly we know not to exalt any other gods. But, but why do we remove the Sabbath from what we're supposed to do? We hate rules. We absolutely hate rules. From the beginning of time, we can see the fall of man. Don't eat from it. You can have all of this. You can have all, eat all these trees, but this one don't touch. And what do we do? We literally go and get fruit from the tree that we're not supposed to touch. It's so crazy to me because even with my kids, I tell them, hey, I want you to eat your vegetables, eat your chicken that I just made. I really worked hard on it. Eat the food, eat the food, eat the food. If you don't eat the food, I'm about to beat you, okay? So eat the food, eat the food, eat the food, eat the food. 
they don't touch the food. So then the moment I say, hey, don't you dare touch that food. Don't you dare touch that food. What do they do? They start eating the food. Like I can't make this up, literally. But even we do it, adults do it too. The other day, me and Robert, we were on a double date and all of a sudden, um, they're telling us their love story, how they met. How'd y'all meet? Okay, so we did this. We met in Burlington Coat Factory. I'm like, yes, this is a good story. Um, on that night, they went on a date. Shout out, my neighbors. Hey, you may be watching. Um, no, but, so they literally meet at Burlington. They go on a date that night, and they're like, yeah, we just really, really liked each other. So the guy says, um, yeah, so I just didn't call her. I was like, can I just apologize for anyone who is dating in the room today? Like dating is really, really hard and very, very exhausting. Okay, but anyways, a side note. So literally, he literally says, yeah, I really, really liked her, so I didn't call her. So I'm like, so you didn't like her, or you, you really like her, so you didn't call her. What? Like that don't even make sense. But why? Because we all know that we're wired to want what we can't have. We do what we're not supposed to do, and we want what we can't have. That's the way that we're wired. But today, when I look at the Sabbath, I believe that it has been implemented and put in writing, put in this God, put in this book to guide us, literally to save our lives. And as for us, as your pastors, we strongly, strongly believe that we will be a house that operates from rest and not strive. Can we declare that out today? Can you say yes and amen? How do we do this though? How do we do this? That sounds real good, okay, but like what does this look like moving forward? I have three points, so for my note takers, get your notes out. Point number one, you disconnect to connect. Kind of tricky. Disconnect to connect. We connect ourselves to what we trust in. Have you ever heard the phrase, you crave what you eat? Like you eat junk, you're gonna crave junk. Or you drink water, you get more thirsty, you notice that? You drink water, you want more water. I feel like that's how we are spiritually. Um, we actually crave what we are connected to. So if you find like ultimate fulfillment in influence, if you find fulfillment in how many followers you have on Instagram or how many people like your posts or being connected to someone who is of influence, you wanna post about it so you can get the affirmation to feel really, really cool and really, really important in life. Well, what do you do whenever the negative comments come? What do you do when the influence doesn't happen? You're left what? You're left empty because you've connected your something to a false fulfillment. What do you do whenever you connect yourself with the fulfillment of money? Money, money, money. Got designer this, driving nice cars, big house. It's fulfilling you, right? It feels so good. I'm posting it once again. This is great, great, great. But then all of a sudden, a pandemic hits the world. 2020, the checks stop coming in, the business is closing. Your fulfillment is in money, but what happens whenever the money stops coming? You're left empty. Being in a relationship. There's many people in here that long for a relationship. Your fulfillment, even for the people who are married, your fulfillment in life that fills all the voids is your connection to your spouse or your longing for someone in your life. But what do you do whenever you're in waiting? 
and the spouse isn't coming right now. Or disappointment, the relationship, the, the spouse disappointed you. What do you do? You're left empty because it's a false fulfillment. But truth says, John 15, 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The outside world says that money and influence and all those things are super important and super cool and they're gonna lead to an incredible life. But I'm here today to tell you that Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And he is the one that establishes, he is the one that fulfills, he is the one that calls, he is the one that sustains, he's the one that remains all the days of your life. When everything else is crumbling around you, when you're connected to the vine, the true vine. But you have to cancel out the voices around you, the world that's going on that says, this is what's cool, this is what's trendy, this is what will fill you. And be so deeply connected to the vine and that will lead to a life that sustains you. When I think about this, who did it so well, I think about Noah. I think about Noah in the Bible. I think he is like the king of disconnecting to connect. Here Noah is, think about this. I want you to really think about this. God speaks to Noah to build an ark and tell him that there's a flood coming, okay? So it was one, so from the time that the earth was established and Noah talking to God, God talking to Noah, it was 1,536 years. 1,536 years. God says, Noah, I want you to build an ark because there's a flood coming. Do you understand that there had never been any rain? There was never one drop of water that fell from the sky. So you have to know that Noah was maybe confused, like what was going on? But yet, what did he do? He was obedient, he listened to God because he was so connected to the voice of God that he did it anyways. Even though it didn't make sense, even though there was no flood water in sight, he was obedient. It took him 120 years to build the ark. So you can imagine, I have, I have neighbors, right? Whenever I'm doing something, you don't hear in the Bible that some people preach that like neighbors, you know, were like destroy another, you're this, that, and he made him feel like an idiot. But here's the reality is that you don't read that in scripture, but I would imagine, I mean, when I'm doing my yard, my neighbors come over, hey, what are you working on? So they talk, they see what I'm doing, right? And they wanna know. So I would imagine as Noah begins to build the ark for 120 years, people are looking, they're, they're asking questions. What's going on? What are you doing? And he literally says, think about it. There's never been one drop of rain fall from the sky. He's like, oh, well, God told me that there's water coming, a flood coming, it's gonna literally flood the earth and I'm supposed to build this boat and my family's gonna be saved. Can you imagine? Do you not look like an idiot? Truly. I know that during 2020, I got an email that, uh, um, what was it? What is that thing called that comes from the sky? Babe, help me, you're smart. What's the thing that falls from the sky? Asteroid? Meteorite? Yeah, one of those was literally gonna fall from the sky. I'm such an extremist. I literally text my family. I'm like, y'all, it's 2020. The Lord is about to come back. I just got an email that there's an asteroid or whatever is coming. They thought I was crazy. I can imagine literally Noah saying, there's water coming. I'm gonna build an ark. And literally my family's gonna be saved. But you know what? He didn't care because he was so connected to the vine. So disconnected from what all the other people were saying around him. He may look crazy, 
It may not make sense. You may not see the water coming, but I'm so connected to the vine and to the voice of God that ultimately it saved Noah and his family's life. Isn't that crazy? And this is what I feel. There's so many of us running around on empty. Keeping the Sabbath actually sounds like a joke. I already know, y'all are probably like super disconnected, but I need you to get connected. Disconnected to connect, I don't even mean to do that. That's crazy, I'm like, what, that's crazy. So here's the deal though. I know that you think I'm crazy. You're like, Sabbath, what? I came to Mother's Day for this? I waited in line for this? This simple act will literally save your life. Promise you, I literally put it on my life. It will literally save your life. It will save your marriage. It will save your family. It will save your business because you're operating from rest and not strive. In Hebrews 11:7, it says Noah was another one who trusted God. When he heard God's warning about the future, Noah believed even though there was no sign of a flood and wasting no time, he built the ark and saved his family. Do you know what Noah's name means? Noah means rest. You know the first time that the word grace was mentioned in the Bible, it was Noah, and Noah found grace. Do you wanna save your family's life? This is intense, right? But I'm telling you, I so believe it. In a world that's a, literally a rat race, everyone trying to keep up with what everyone else is doing, because at literally the click of a button, you can see what everyone in the world is doing. So you're trying to keep up, and it is exhausting. And today, I want to be so connected to the vine that he is my confidence. He is my security. I don't really care what you say because I know what God says about me. You see what I'm saying? And that's what we're going to do is we're going to operate from a place. I declare it in the room and over every single person today. We are operating from a place of rest. Disconnecting to connect. No sign of a flood. Right now, there's no, maybe no sign of your marriage falling apart. Maybe there's no sign of it. Maybe there's no sign of you having a nervous breakdown, but I'm telling you, when God speaks, you listen. He has spoken. He has spoken. He has said to honor the Sabbath. Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. He has spoken a word. And I promise you, if we could grasp this, I promise you the world would look different. You saw in this room when I asked who honors the Sabbath. Once again, I just, I'm new to this thing. This isn't to condemn anyone. This is the journey. So I feel like it's my responsibility to take care of the sheep and, 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 and literally sound an alarm to the sheep. Y'all, there's a reason that anxiety is through the roof. There's a reason that suicide is through the roof. There's a reason that divorce, you, there's drive-through divorce in Vegas. What are we talking about? There's divorce watch parties. The world is falling apart because we're all in this rat race trying to keep up. How differently would our world look if we operated from rest? God has given us a word. He gave Noah the word and people thought he was crazy. Today, y'all may think I'm crazy, but guess what? That's okay, because God gave me a word. I know for me and my, my house, my babies, this house, Social Dallas, we want to be in this thing for the long run. We will be in this thing building the church of Jesus Christ for the long run. No striving, rest, 
I'm telling you, my marriage isn't going down. My marriage ain't going down. My children are not going down. And so guess what? We're going to take sabbaticals. We're going to be gone for a month. Guess what? Because we're resting because we want to be in this thing for the long run. This is not just for us, but it's for you. I'm asking you today. I believe this is a word from the Holy Spirit. Please open up your hearts to receive it. Noah listened. Even though there was no water in sight, he listened because he got a word and he obeyed and it saved their lives. Today, God has spoken. Listen, be obedient so that your life can be sustained. I feel this thing. I don't know if y'all feel it, but I feel it. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for this word again and again and again and again and again. Thank you, Jesus. I'm living my best life. You know why? Because I Sabbath on Friday. You know that? I literally wasn't even done writing my message, but I said, you know what, Lord? I trust that you're going to speak. When he finished, but I did. I Sabbathed. And I'm walking in this thing today, living my best life because I'm operating from rest and not striving. I'm not trying to impress nobody. Woo, it feels good, y'all. I'm telling you, it feels real good. I never asked for a microphone, but God gave it to me. So here I am today. We're going to honor the Sabbath. We're going to live this thing. We're going to operate from rest. How many times have I said that? Ten times? I'm going to keep saying it. Operate from stress, not strive. I ain't trying to keep up with nobody. This is the confidence I have. My God is faithful. I've seen him do it again and again. He's gonna continue to do it over and over and over and over and over again. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, so why am I gonna strive? No one else is my source. No one else is my provider. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And that is the beauty of serving the Savior. He's trustworthy. Number two, is that the clock for real? Oh my gosh, I talked too much, sorry. Wow. Okay, I'm hurrying, y'all, I promise. Number two, never underestimate the moment. Underestimating moments robs us from rest, okay? This is recently what the Lord spoke to me. The moments make up the days, the days make up the weeks, the weeks that turn into years, right? I think, let me just give you a little, let me have a little vulnerability. So, I usually have about seven hours a day on screen time. That's like, everyone should guess. That's like really bad, right? I work for my phone. It's like a beautiful, I have a love-hate relationship with this device. Because it's amazing because I get to work from home, but it's also literally robbing me of a million different moments, right? So seven hours a day is um, 196 hours a month. 196 hours a month. That is eight days of the month I'm on my phone. Eight days. You know what I could do with eight days? Truly. But you know why? Because I underestimate. The Lord's working on me. I'm working on that. But I've underestimated the power of a simple, I'm just going to check my Instagram real quick. I check it real quick, and now all of a sudden I'm scrolling for an hour. And my kids are sitting at the table. Literally. The most valuable people in my life. They're literally sitting at the table wanting to talk to mommy and I'm literally sitting here looking and scrolling with people I don't even know. And half of the people probably don't even like me. And literally, they're stealing my attention from the people that are sitting in front of me. Because I simply underestimate a simple moment. No, it's just a little Instagram post. I'm just going to check it real quick because I need the affirmation. 
oh, I'm just gonna check one email real quick. I have to get this done. I have to, have to, have to get this done. This email can't wait. Then all of a sudden you're answering 30 emails and your family once again is sitting at the table, going to bed at night. You and your husband aren't even talking because you're on your phones. Y'all, this is personal, okay? I'm showing you what the Lord has spoken to me. It's real because we underestimate a simple scroll, a simple moment. Every moment counts. And I love that we serve a God that doesn't waste a moment. He doesn't waste a thing. So his grace is sufficient. His grace will cover the moments, right? But the key to this is connecting to the vine once again. You bear fruit. What's the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace. Goes down the line, self-control. In order to be a carrier of peace, as I want to be, I also have to have self-control, okay? I have to have self-control. So here's the reality. How do I have self-control? So this is what I did. I put boundaries in place. A lot of people ask me on the road, how do you balance everything that you balance? How do you balance a church plan? How do you balance ministry on the road, marriage, parenthood, motherhood? How do you balance all that? Well, here's the reality. This is what I used to say. No such thing as balance. Um, if there's one area lacking, I just make adjustments and I refocus my attention on the one area that's lacking, and I pray and believe that God's grace will fill the gap. While that's true, and that's actually literally what we do, I also believe that boundaries create balance. Setting boundaries in your life create balance. So what do you mean? What does that even look like? So here's, here's the deal. I'm addicted to my phone. So how do I change this? I put a boundary up. So I actually leave my phone in the kitchen. Still, Robert's kind of like, no, you don't. Yes, I do. I promise I do. I'm working on it, okay? What did I do? So this is, this is the trick, is that everything I have is on my phone. So notifications, emails, text messages, everything I do is on my phone. So when I set my alarm in the morning to get up, to get the kids up, I look at my clock, right? My first thing, I, the first thing I do is I look at my clock. Well, when I look at my clock, my intentions are good. I don't want to be on my phone. But then I have 50 notifications, 30 text messages. So clearly what I naturally want to do, I want to check and see what's going on. So this is what I did. I leave my phone in the kitchen. I ordered a clock. Do you remember a clock? Isn't that crazy? I literally ordered a digital clock and put it beside my bed. So that way in the morning, I literally wake up to an alarm clock, to a, a clock. And literally I have set the boundary to my cell phone. I'm not going to check it. I'm not going to wake up my morning first thing, get on Instagram, check all my notifications, then go to bed at night, check all my notifications. No, I'm going to create a boundary and that's going to help me balance. Does this make sense? Are y'all awake? Don't worry, we're almost done, okay? We have gifts for you too. All the women in the house say, hey. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. So, boundaries create balance. Set those boundaries, it's a beautiful thing. Last, number three, honor the Sabbath. God commanded us to. He commanded us to. It's not my words, it's his. If he rested, how much more should we? It's not religion, it's a gift. Remember, he rested, so then God blessed. He rested, so then God blessed. You have to make the choice to rest so that the blessings of God can be unleashed over your family. I'm gonna have the worship team join me. I feel the room getting antsy. It's all right, y'all. It's all right. A lot of people will say, I can't afford to, I don't have time to. I literally can't, like when am I supposed to rest? Well, it's like tithing to me. It reminds me a lot of tithing. So I had a friend who always made great money but always struggled paying their bills. I just didn't really understand. Then one day it hit me. The first question I asked, hey, 
do you actually pay your tithe? Do you pay tithe? They answered, no, I don't. I'm like, that's it. That's it. That's, that's why you're struggling. Pay your tithe, and I promise you. I said, I believe so much in the tithe that if you give your tithe and you don't see something shift in your finances, I will pay you back all the money that you paid in your tithe. That's how confident I am. It's the same way with rest. You cannot afford to not rest. I promise you that whenever you start implementing this Sabbath, whatever your Sabbath looks like, whatever you find delight in, whatever makes you feel excited and happy and fills you up to your core, I promise you there will be a shift in your life. You'll operate differently. You'll walk differently. Your marriage is going to look differently. Your children. You know the other day when I Sabbathed? Like I said, this is new to me. So I've been doing it, working on it a few months now. The other day, which was yesterday, Friday, I was Sabbathing. You know my kids act differently whenever I Sabbath? Can I just be real honest? They literally didn't fight once. I'm like, what is happening? That's all my, do. That's all my kids do are fight. They probably would fight whenever their mom's on their phone for seven hours, fighting for my attention, fighting for my attention. Put my phone away on the Sabbath. I was in the moment, in the moment. They were the happiest I've seen them in so long. So, mommy, this is the best day ever. God has called us to take a moment, to take a step back from our busyness. It's like um, kids at Christmas, they have like 20 gifts. My kids like open one gift and then throw it over their shoulder and get the next one, throw it. They don't even look at the gift because there's so many, they're overwhelmed, they don't even know. And then I think that's what's happened. And there's so many things going on in our lives and we're just, ah, that we never take a moment just to sit and actually see the goodness of God. When it, when's the last time you actually like drove by a tree and was like, dang, thank you God for that tree. That tree gives me oxygen. You know, the plants like literally produce oxygen so we can breathe. Have you thought about that? I just did. Like the, thank you, Jesus, for the trees. Thank you, God, for the trees. You know, for the first time in New York during 2020, they said they could hear the birds chirp in the city. You know why? Because they paused. Could hear the beauty of creation. What about the sun? The sun, how beautiful is the sun? Doesn't it feel good whenever you're like, eat on a patio, the sun, the sun strengthens our bones, our physical bones, the sun, vitamin D, when's the last time we just thank God for the sun, thank you for the sun, thank you for the sun, now I was trying to find something that seemed like there's absolutely no purpose in this creature, or this thing. I was Googling research and I was like, surely, like there's something that has like literally nothing. I thought about ants. I'm like, this is just how my brain works. 
Like ants, surely there's like no purpose to ants, right? Like for real, like ant piles, you step on them, they sting you, like why are there ants? Can anyone tell me why they're ants? No, you can't, you know, we all hate ants. So I look up, what's the purpose of ants? You know what pops up? Efficient cleaners. What? Efficient cleaners. Ants act as decomposers by feeding on organic waste, insects, or other dead animals. Ants have purpose. We are surrounded by so many gifts from God, but we are so busy. And the enemy, if he can keep you busy, then he can keep your eyes off of God's glory. You know, it went on to say that ants, this is about to get y'all, ants take approximately 250 naps per day. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I didn't, even, I didn't even ask that question. It's like, once again, God just aligned it. Like right underneath them being efficient cleaners, it says they take 250 naps a day. Even the ants know how to Sabbath. No, I'm serious. Is that not, like what? Creation. Creation. We were made to sit and to rest in the glory of God. So what does the Sabbath look like for me? I think it looks different for whatever makes you happy. For me, it's family time. I go out and lay on my hammock and I listen to the birds chirp and I just, I see the butterflies and it's God's goodness. I just soak it up. I think about my grandparents in heaven. I feel like we're almost like the closest that we can be to the Garden of Eden before the fall of man. This is me, I'm thinking like this. It's also good food, good food. Eat the food, eat it all up. It's quality time with family and friends. It's sex with my husband. It's all the things that, that God created. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, it's great. Y'all are all children, okay? <laughs> Truly though, it's like holy things. Holy things, my babies with my family. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. This isn't a religious thing. This is simply what brings you delight. What makes you happy? Set aside this day and watch your life be completely transformed. I promise you, mark it down in your journals because this will change you forever if you implement it. It doesn't have to be religious. If it takes you five hours to start, maybe set aside five hours a day once a week, then maybe you can go to 10, maybe you can go to 15, whatever it looks like for you. Make a list, plan it, do all your laundry, do clean your house, do all the things, answer all the emails, lead it up, you know, do all the things, your checklist, so that way you can lead to that moment where it's time to rest, to receive, rest to receive, rest to receive, and to, to honor and to fix your gaze on the glory and the goodness of the Father. 
we would like to thank you for being a part of our social global family. Please head to our website, socialdallas.online, and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world. Remember, when you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to being social.